that's a strong quality to have in a relationship is to be able to say, look, I have to be honest with myself. And then I have to actually live that honesty. Like that's my authenticity, right? I'm actually showing up in the relationship as who I am, not Mm. pretending because it's so draining to pretend. Hello there, friends, and welcome to another guest episode on the Unreasonably Happy podcast. I have another wonderful, fantastic guest, and we're going to see where this conversation goes because they always go to new and interesting places. And I somehow always invite people who have tangents and go on, you know, language conversation explorations. So we're excited to have this conversation. We had a lovely time talking last time. Vicky, would you tell everyone who you are? it about yourself, please. Oh, goodness. Okay. So I'm Vicki Smith. I am a psychotherapist and a coach for people pleasers and perfectionists. I live in Atlanta, Georgia, and I am, yeah, I am currently looking out into my backyard, appreciating that there's still some green out there and anxiously awaiting for all the other seemingly dead dormant things to come to life. Um, And just uh, excited, excited to have some aliveness uh, in the conversation that we have because yeah, wintertime is a little hard for folks. So here I am enjoying, looking forward to what we're going to cut to with friendships and all the other stuff. Me too. I've (laughs) been so excited for this conversation because I try to have a guest per month. And when we started talking and you were talking about what you work with and relationships and female friendships, I was like, oh, this is perfect. I would love to have an episode about this. Like last month we had an episode where it's like January and diet culture. And I'm like, do I really want to talk about food and restrictions and and kind of that topic but then I was talking to Amber and I was like oh this is a perfect topic and I think moving into February the association of like Valentine's Day and the pressure to have a partner maybe the folks around something missing I thought it would be a nice idea and a nice kind of shift and kind of breaking the expectation of talking about different types of relationships and the relationship to self relationship to others that are not of the romantic kind and how important those are and when we first connected the first thing I noticed was how you mentioned perfectionism and people pleasing which are two of my like main blockages Mm -hmm. things that I'm working on I think a lot of people learning more about perfectionism what that is and people pleasing like oh oh I really don't like that I do this now what like where do I go from here and Mm -hmm. how that impacts our relationships and kind of backfires so that's somewhat the structure of today's conversation but yeah we'll see where we go with those yeah I love it I have been diving deeper into people pleasing and perfectionism as the years go on and over the fall I just landed on this excitement around uh, chosen family female friendships and even though that has a little bit you know has a lot of words in it it just feels it when it came to me, it's not like I made it up, but when it came to my consciousness, I was like, yep, that's it. That's what I want to help people pleasers and perfectionists move to is relaxing some of those ways of being in relationships with people 
um, friendships mainly and allow them to have the relationships they want with their friends, females, that repair old relationships that have been um, where they've trained themselves to feel like I need to be perfect or I need to be liked in order to be in this relationship. Like I would love to help them free themselves so that they can actually feel the connection that they've been longing for and that has been motivating them and specifically in their female friendships. So I love not it. about romantic. Not romantic. <laughs> I'm talking, I'm talking sisterhood. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I don't know. And this is where like patriarchy comes in and all of the kind of social, the like female friendships being toxic or being difficult or bullying and talking behind people's backs and I because I got caught in that too when I was especially around like fifth grade sixth grade some of the girls in my class started doing their makeup and everyone was in you know the big bathroom kind of brushing their hair and I was like I'm gonna be with the bullets and I'm not like the other girls and I'm like no I'm exactly like the other girls (laughs) there's so much more like community but I got caught up in that too because the mm. presentation or the representation of of women and girls and teenage girls and media and yeah that it impacts everyone and now in my like different groups of chosen female friends they're so close-knit and one of them like I I asked to be a part of I was like actually could I join this lovely group and now these are some of my closest friends here in Paris and oh. I'm like I like the fear of being rejected the fear of like what if they don't want me what if I I wasn't chosen quote unquote uh-huh. in the like perfect dreamy it just happened kind of way and I was like oh do I take this action to include myself in this because I think yeah there's been some stories around how they're supposed to form or how like mm-hmm. oh they're just supposed to happen almost we're not talking about romantic, but also like that of like, oh, but it has to be this like instant perfect connection and not something that you build or something that you grow or something that you base upon something, um, something small or something that doesn't like, you don't automatically find your best friend and you immediately connect as in like the stories where you just fall in love kind of, but with a friend. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. You're hitting it on the head because I think with the um, the expectation of um, the romantic relationship kind of moving over, bleeding into friendship, it is one of those things where it's like we're supposed to see each other across across a crowded room, and and just you know a spark flies, and there there are sparks with friends, right? There really are when you're talking to somebody new, and you're like. I totally dig this person and I'm like exactly where they are. And we're just like, you know, back and forth and then the banter is great. But there's also times when you do put yourself in, in situations. Um, and by the way, bravo for putting your yourself in the, in the group and, um, and asking for that. That was very vulnerable and brave, which is um, some of the major qualities uh, that, that we need to create friendships and we need to be open. We need to be vulnerable. We need to show up and um, be present. And so way to go for that. Um, 
but also, yeah, friendships just evolve. And sometimes there's a common link, right? I met a recent new friend and it's been six years now, which is funny, but she's a recent friend and we met at a training and it was one of those things where we were standing in line to go eat because they provided food for us. And we looked at the menu that was posted right there, just happened to be in line next to each other, had just happened to sit together, you know, sit next to each other in the, you know, beginning uh, classroom style setting. And I looked at her and I was like, I don't think I'm going to eat this. And she was like, want to go somewhere? And I was like, yeah. And so we just left <laughs> and I, we drove somewhere and ate and it was, it was easy. Right. And yet we didn't know each other. We were taking a risk. We were being vulnerable and it really just turned into something where it was like, you know what, like, let's go get tacos together. Cause we happen to live in the same town. And this training was out of out of state, actually. And so I so appreciate that there can be a spark and then there can be a building and an evolution and a um, growing, I don't want to say this in a gooberish way, but like a kinship with a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, I think there is this instant connection, almost like... <laughs> like a romantic relationship of like something brings you together something like something that someone's wearing or you comment on someone's hat where you're like oh my gosh what is that a something something like are those avatar the last airbender socks that was a connection that i saw someone else have (laughs) and they're like yeah oh my gosh have you seen the new movie and then you have something to talk about and you see someone's enthusiasm or interest and you're like oh you like this thing so i'm gonna assume all of these other good things i'm gonna check them out but there's there's a yeah there's there's an association to I thought it was just me but it isn't and I think I realized this with some of the choreographies that I made when I was in dance college of like who are you when you're alone and who do you connect to like what are you hiding and when you show that you're like oh my gosh oh me too I'm I'm the same and it's such a it's such a connecting feeling like the what if everyone else here are just perfectly happy with this meal that has been provided and I'm just the weird singular excluded one from a group that has agreed on something like this food and you found someone else was also like, hey, yeah, tacos, amazing. I would also have gone with you for tacos probably. Right, <laughs> Like, yeah, oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, but it is it is a risk and it like reminds me of, you know, Brene Brown always talks about vulnerability and courage. Um and how fitting in is the opposite of belonging, like true belonging. I'm like, yes, I get that. Because whenever I think I need to change something to be a part of a group, it's usually not my group. <laughs> but when I feel like, right. ooh, it's safe to be me, it's safe to be silly and you know, share the things that actually interest me, it's safe to say no, it's safe to have mm. opinions, it's safe to disagree on something, I'm like, oh this is it. Like here, this feels very different than like everyone just being very polite and yes, everyone's having a lovely time, but nobody, I just, yeah, there's a, there's a, like a fragile energy to it that like, but I can't, like, I'm really good at altering myself into this situation. And sometimes you have to, and like, 
for safety or like this is just the situation of these people I'll meet just this one time or like for me working in the service industry and being very happy clappy peppy at work mm-hmm. and with my colleagues as well but not all of them are my friends and it feels very different they feel very different yes. cups yes they do and I like that you said well what I hear, heard you say was that when you are in a space where it's safe for you to be yourself Mm. then it's a much different energy. It's a much different, um, there's enjoyment there, right? There's actual freedom because that's what I think the people pleasing and perfectionism, it just shrinks us, right? Because we are trying to be polite or we are trying to follow some kind of unwritten social norms that, you know, don't kick us out of the, out of the group for some strange reason and we're we're playing it small and we're reading the room and there's a tightness to that and there's mm. a um there's a there's a protection when what you're talking about is more a little bit free it's a little bit movement it's a little bit like how do we do this together like and i'm not in the dance world, but I think about it as a dance. How do we move together with this? Yeah. So it's a it's a grateful place to be. It's a very fortunate experience that we can have those moments with people that we link up, that we meet, that we initiate more meetings and more taco lunches and things like that to just continue to say like this is a good good feeling this is a good um this is an ease in my body when i'm with Mm. this person and i want more of that and i don't have to pretend i don't have to be small oh such a gift Mm. yeah i agree and it's there's there's not the i think the like, idea of best friends or like how often do you meet to be good friends mm-hmm. and there's like the structures around it can also sometimes feel I don't know for me I've had friendships where that was very uneven like someone wanted a lot more contact or a lot less contact and it felt either unsafe or like I was spending too much time and energy on on one friendship um like mismatching needs for a friendship mm-hmm. and it just it with friendships that I see all the time, with friends that I meet all the time, or see at work, and it's always a joy to see them, or friends that I still trust now, like, oh, I haven't seen this person for five years, but actually I know when we meet, it'll be like we saw each other yesterday. It's so, yes. it's such an ease. There's such a sustained connection of like, we're just going to jump right in, right back in. And mm-hmm. it doesn't feel that way with everyone. And sometimes it feels like it needs to be kind of adjusted back. But mm-hmm. the... Ah, the like the ease and the connections with people who are just, I'm gonna, I'm gonna accept you. I'm gonna be ready for whatever new version you have become in the past three years, five years, (laughs) ten years. I saw my best friend when I was living in America when I was seven, Um, and I was living in Charleston, South Carolina, for one year, Uh and I met my best friend, and her name was Hannah. She was in my class. And to begin with, we didn't speak the same language. And I learned English pretty fast because kids do, which is lovely. I wish I'd also lived in Spain and France, but that's another (laughs) conversation. 
<laughs> but we had, and we were friends then when we were seven. And I saw her once when we visited a couple of years later. Then I met her 20 years later. Oh. Paris, she messaged me. She was like, hey, I'm coming with my, with my partner to, to Paris. I, I seem to remember something about you being there. We've had like the occasional like happy birthday on Facebook or something. There was still like a little like, oh yeah, this friend. And we've now met twice in like the past seven years or so. She came and visited once and then she came and visited again. And like, she stayed here for the night because she was like, yeah, yes. it's, it was so easy. And I'm like, do we feel the same way? And I think that's such a, for me at least, when it comes to friendships and wondering what I can ask for, wondering what kind of connection we have, mm. flipping it me like, oh, would it be strange if I reached out to her when I was where she was living, for example, like, and asked to sleep on the couch, for example. I'm like, well, I would be okay with her doing that for me. So actually, yeah, I think I could ask because like assessing it from from both sides. And then, of course, that might not be completely accurate all the time, but I think there is yeah, whenever there's, oh, can I ask for this favor? Can I ask for this mm. validation? Can I ask for this support? Assessing a friendship of like, would I be okay with this the other way around is usually a good <laughs> indicator. I like that. Yeah, I like that. And it's it's reciprocal. That's mm. the such a, a key word for me with friendships right now is it's as equal as it can be, right? It's yes. um, there's not, again, with people pleasing and um, perfectionism, but with people pleasing, especially there's an overgiving. Mm. Let me, let me show you how valuable I am to you, or let me stay in this valuable position with you. Let me keep offering you something so that you'll keep needing me or appreciating me or seeing my value. Mm. And the way that you're talking about that makes me think of I'm open to having this person ask this of me and even would love that. It would not be an ask. It would mm. be an invitation and my door is open. And so that can be reciprocal. It can't, like you're saying, like, is it? I think it is much more, it's like, how do we assess whether this person is open to me or not? It's a good way of saying, or a good way of asking by, I'm open to this person and I enjoy them and I am um, not put out by them or request or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And I've picked up that, that we do this for each other, right? Even if it's small stuff or can you come help me? you know, clean out my basement because it's flooding, you know, or something that's urgent. It's yeah. still, it's like, we've done that enough with each other that I know I can trust that I can ask to. And so it's, again, it's just a, it's an openness. It's a, it's a realness with each other, right? Yeah. It's like, I'm not always put together and um, took care of all my problems myself. I actually need you to be in my life in a way that helps me maneuver. Um, and I'm here to help you do that too. You know, it's just a, wow. I mean, the connection that I think that we build and that we 
maintain with people is vital for us to mm-hmm. just get through our daily life. Yeah. And isn't that the, that Harvard that did a study on like the number one thing for happiness is our sustained close relationships to uh, other people that it's the number one thing that they saw. I think it was an 80 year study. I think it might still be going on, but what they kept finding was relationships being the number one thing. And then my favorite happiness expert, uh, an author, Gretchen Rubin, she talks about that being true. And then at the same time, that being supported by the fact that you know yourself, getting to know yourself, what you like, what kind of person you are, oh, so yes. that that's the person you bring into it. So there is this authentic realness that you mentioned. And I think the what you said with like the reciprocated, there's a, there's nobody kind of keeping score, you know, that it's going to even right. out over time instead of someone was describing people pleasing as like, there's a transactional feeling of like, I gave you this so that I could get this back or whether or not that's a conscious thing. And it usually isn't, yeah. it's very subconscious, but like, I think I will earn your love or your trust or your friendship mm-hmm. if I do these things. And I've had, which is very uncomfortable for me still, but mm-hmm. a couple of occasions where I've been my normal, happy, clappy, joyful self. And someone had been like, oh, we're best friends now because this is how I would behave if I was someone's best friend. This is how much time I would give them. This is how I would smile at them. And they're being, and for me, it's like, oh, but I, I love having friends. I don't want to, <laughs> this was my like misunderstanding of it, I think was, I don't want to signalize to like the universe that I don't want any friends. So I can't say no to anyone wanting to be my wow. friend because it feels so precious and it feels so terrible to be rejected. So I don't want to reject anyone, even though I started to like to resent those friendships or like resist making plans. Cause I was like, I don't really, right. I feel like for some, like a while ago, I was like, this isn't, this feels like I'm being your friend for you only. Right. And it wasn't that back and forth. It was like, and that's not, I had to reframe it as not being selfish, but that is actually much kinder than pretending to be someone's friend and then feeling like, oh, thank goodness, now we have this coffee and now I don't have to see you again for a while because you'll back right. off. And it was just so, and I had this conversation with someone, I was like, yeah, I'm going to have a coffee with this person, but I don't really want to. And they're like, why are you going? <laughs> like, What right. is this for? Who is that good for? And realizing that it wasn't good for anyone. And I think that also like planted a little seed of distrust in me for my friendships. And I was like, if I can behave like this to someone, who's to say that someone else isn't treating our friendship like this? And I was like, yeah, I want to live in a world where if someone doesn't want to be my friend or doesn't feel that connection anymore, that they will be honest with me and not come into my friendship of like, here's me doing you a favor, being your friend. I'm like, oh no, that feels horrible. Yeah. Again, with like the other way around thing, like, nope, no, that feels much worse. It's much kinder. And the misunderstanding of kindness and people pleasing and kind of doing something for someone else, which is good Mm -hmm. to a certain extent when it doesn't become something that feels very dishonest or inauthentic or, yeah, but it's, it's tricky. I don't think we talk about friend breakups ever. No, that's a, that's a, a big one. And I'm, I've got a whole, you know, word document of my ideas and things that I've read about. And I just, it's so hard to touch into that right mm-hmm. now for me. I'm 
an outside of probably a four, maybe four or five year friend breakup where someone just dropped off the face of the earth when I needed them. Um, and so it wasn't reciprocal. And it's just been in the past probably six months that I've, I don't think about this person a lot. And I don't feel emotionally charged and um, deeply sad and also deeply angry, right? Like to protect that yeah. sadness. So yeah, it's a, people do change, people do evolve or they have life circumstances that take them to a place where they're not comfortable. And so maybe they are, are reaching out to us a lot more or they're pulling back more like they do their normal defense strategies and we get caught in that because we're in the dance of you know friendship dance with them yeah um but you know there's there's a very difficult place that you're describing of how to be honest mm. about the 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 arc of our friendship yeah. right like do I stay and kind of move through this difficult period with someone? Um, or is it really that we had this thing in common? We don't have it in common anymore. I've outgrown this. Um, how do I be honest about the, the disconnect I want now? The, the way that I am not feeling fueled or fulfilled by this relationship. And there's, you know, there's lots of unique ways of sharing how we feel with people. Um, that face-to-face -face honest communication or honest conversation, I think, just puts us into fight or flight, really. And we just, I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to tell this person I'm breaking up with them or I don't enjoy our, our, you know, lunches anymore. It's very hard, right? It's super hard. I had, for most of them, I would have like written out a long message where I was like, this is what I want to say. And usually ending with something that can't really be rebuttaled because I've taken so much time to come to this decision on my own instead mm -hmm. of bringing it to the person because then I feel like I can trust my own judgment on it. If I had the conversation face-to-face, there would be emotion. I would see their reaction. I would try to protect myself from them being hurt. And then be like, but we could like have lunch together at work and just not like not meet outside of work. And like, there would be a, a like, I'm responsible for your emotions moment. Yes. Um, so usually in the message will be like, Hey, I've been thinking of this for a while. This is the reason we haven't made plans lately because I can feel that I feel like our relationship is not at this point anymore, or maybe never was, but in a way, making sure that they know that they didn't do anything wrong if they didn't but most of the time they didn't we have just grown apart or been like or been removed from the situation that we we're in or i have changed and they haven't or the other way around um and ending with like i hope you can respect my decision mm -hmm. which is which felt very like because then if they started pushing that was something that i could like hold on to and be like i have i this is what feels true for me um mm -hmm. have to talk about it uh i understand if you're hurt i understand if you have questions i'll try to answer them and this is how i feel it was like mm -hmm. a guy coming back to work um it was like 
yeah, we can like grab a coffee. And I was like, I don't want to spend time with you. Um, mm-hmm. And then a comment came back of like, yeah, of course I respect it. Yeah, but like ugh, people these days take friendship so lightly. And I was like, <laughs> that wasn't it. But I'm not going to indulge in this conversation because you don't know me that well. It was many years mm-hmm. ago. The way that you behave isn't, I never felt like good in a relationship with him, but he was, you know, I like to give people benefits of the doubt, but it is mm-hmm. tricky. And it is like, how do we know? How do we know if something's beyond repair or if we, I know there's lots of talks about boundaries, especially for people pleasers and like the difference between boundaries and requests. And I was like, oh, those different. <laughs> I'm still learning. Mm-hmm. I don't think we learn this in school or from movies. There's always just like, here's my best friend. We've been best friends forever. That's it. Or here's my friend group. We're best friends forever done nothing can break it we always fix things um yeah the like template of ending a friendship and it's still having been valuable and being yeah how to navigate relationships to someone changing because we're very we're changeable humans we can't make like our 12 year old self 15 year old self 22 year old self 39 year old whatever can't keep deciding that these are the friends we're going to keep for the rest of your life Mm-hmm. we get to change our minds about things seeing it demonstrated and seeing examples of something i think that's where social media can be really helpful and of course can be unnuanced and very all or nothing right also typical perfectionism right exactly and so again i i really appreciate the the bravery and the openness that you had sharing it was spending time crafting what the message was going to be so that you got clear, like I am listening to myself and I need to put words to this. And then I need to actually share those words with somebody. And you did, you did share them with someone. So it's like you moved through the whole um, experience of listening to yourself and then sharing what is true for you with that person. And you were able to handle what that person was, their reaction, right? Their feeling of being rejected or judged or however they interpreted it, you were able to handle that. So that is, that's a, that's a strong quality to have in a relationship is to be able to say, look, I have to be honest with myself. And then I have to actually live that honesty. Like that's my authenticity, right? I'm actually showing up in the relationship as who I am, not mm. pretending because it's so draining to pretend. It's so um, draining. Yeah. yeah. And we do change and we are allowed to evolve and um, have different experiences. You know, a lot of times we meet people in college or in a classroom or at a work environment and then they get married or they get promoted or they move out of town or whatever happens and so the the commonality the um the situation that held the relationship changes and so if it's strong enough we'll kind of bump up around some some hurdles and then we'll get through them. But if it really is something where it's like, no, I, I really, in, in me, I really find that I don't 
want to continue this relationship. So how, how am I going to honor myself and also respect the time that we've had together and communicate that? Um, that's very brave of you. Thank you. Very it felt brave. Really brave. I sent yes. one of these right before going on a plane and I like held my boyfriend at the time's hand and I was like, I checked it when I got home. And I was like, oh no, oh, I can't look. Oh. And I had two messages, which I was like, okay. And the first one was like, oh, okay. Well, thank you for telling me. Have a nice trip. Um, right. Done. It's like, and then a couple of hours later, I got a yeah. long, really beautiful message. Just like, actually, now that I've had some time to think about it, I also deserve people in my life who are not questioning whether or not they want to be my friend. And it feels blah, but also thank you for letting me know. And I also want to communicate this to the people in my life. And actually that oh. friendship turned around and now we're friends again. <laughs> and now we've, and we like, I don't know, it opened up something else. And I was like, Oh my God. Unexpectedly. How- um yes. but like that message actually made me want to be her friend again <laughs> and now we are and yeah we've kept our connection and we don't live in the same place anymore but every now and then there'll be a message or a meme and i think social media can like that also keep very small sweet little friendships mm-hmm. that don't have to be let's call every week or every month for an hour right there's just like hey this made me think of you or like haha i also love cheese mm-hmm. there's the little yeah touch points of which makes me very happy which makes me feel like I'm being my authentic self if someone sends right. me a message like this made me think of you I had someone send the like <laughs> the same meme three different people send me the same thing and they're like this made me think of you and I'm like I have established my place <laughs> right people like, know me people know me <laughs> yeah the, oh, there's an expression like to be known is to be loved and mm-hmm. my friend group here was doing a clothing swap and I was on a late shift so I couldn't join them and afterward I got a message like we saved some things for you that we thought you might like and one of them was this beautiful um dungaree pair that I'm wearing right now oh. <laughs> I'm like this is for you <laughs> we saved it it's it's put aside and I'm like they know me I've shown them enough yes. myself for them to have a clear picture of who I am even though of course there are things we don't share with everyone of course there are you right. know unknown depths and things that we don't share and to still have ideas and the images of people in our lives and like oh, people think of me people know me oh, yeah what a treat what a freaking what a luxury and to right. be faster and faster and how clear i am with that when i meet new people how quickly can i establish who i am what i'm okay with what i'm not yeah and still there's something about that first connection of like, yes, I put my best foot forward. Yes, I'm going to present myself with like, here's who I am. And owning that for both of us. And like, I hope you're doing mm-hmm. the same kind of, mm-hmm. yeah. And that it yeah. feels different cups. Like I call this friend for deep emotional conversations and I invite this friend to musical theater and not this one, but I invite them to something else because, yeah. Right. Like web. Yeah, you're you're killing it you're killing it with your friendships way to go thanks i try there was a yes i was i just realized this a little while ago um a long time ago i was doing some course and it was like you can monetize like monetize the skills the things that are easy for you and i'm like what no how do i what how do i monetize i can't monetize friendship but i do think i connect pretty quickly to people and quickly like 
meet someone and make them feel seen and connected. Um, mm-hmm. And then it's up to me to then be like, and now I need to pull away because I feel like the connection stopped here or at this level or yeah, being honest with how how far that progresses. But I very quickly call people friends. <laughs> and another friend of mine doesn't. She's like, are they really your friend though? Aren't they just like an acquaintance? I'm like, well, this vocabulary makes sense for me. And right. I think part of what I do, part of what my coaching aims towards as well is this like self-kindness, self-relationship, being your own friend. How would you treat yourself if you were your friend? And that also right. kind of sets the tone for what you accept from others and what you look for in others who shares your enthusiasm, who is safe to cry with, who, yeah, shares your interests. Exactly. Check, check, check all off the list, right? It's like there is a, um, each of us have a personal template for how we want to do things. And if a friend needs to have a little bit further, you know, space before she can move someone from acquaintance to friend, but that space is is shorter for you. Fine. Right. And the thing that I keep coming back to and what you were saying about your coaching is what you know about yourself, Mm. how you get to know yourself. And if, you're listening to yourself and you're hearing that it's a match or it's not a match. And then you actually act on what you hear. You just continue to develop self-trust and self-confidence that Mm -hmm. a signal will show up, a feeling, an emotion, an awareness, a wisdom. And you're like, okay, I got that. Like to yourself, you're like, got it. Got the message. Got it. And so I will, I will move ahead accordingly. Uh, And with relationships, it's not easy to do that. Not at all. So because there's the impact on others and the like suspected impact of like, what if I say this? Or if I'm like this? What if it ends up with me being rejected by everyone or cut out or not invited or not included or which feels so scary. Right. And if you are building the relationship with yourself, though, along the way, if there is a mismatch and you feel those hard feelings of the disconnection, you also have yourself to fall back on and self-compassion, realizing like, okay, this is a hard experience right now this is a difficult feeling that I'm feeling but I'm also moving through it like that second text you got from the person that you circled back around and it's like that person thought about what you said let it sink in processed it for themselves and then was able to articulate how that impacted them and so they they took what you said to heart even though it was a difficult experience. And Mm -hmm. so that person sounds like they have a relationship with themselves. And I think that helps, right? It ended up bringing the two of you back together in some capacity. Yeah. There's, um, there was someone who said there's a difference between self-acceptance and self-allowance. And I'm like, Oh, Mm -hmm. really? Tell me more. Like, yeah, I think I accept myself a lot. Like I think I've, gotten to know myself and I'm like yeah this is this is okay 
Um, and then allowing that to come out and be seen by others is like the yes. step after that. Like the the actions that we take or the way we dress or the way we interact or the like, how is this showing up on the outside? Like I can accept myself all I want alone at home, yes. but then that meeting someone else, like, oh, I thought I was, I thought I was decided on how I wanted to set this boundary. I thought I was okay with this part of me, but it's actually looking at myself in situations where I think this, this quality would come up. It's not. Why is it not? What is not feeling safe? Right. What is not feeling supported? Um, yeah, I thought that was such a such an interesting differentiation between acceptance mm-hmm. and then okay, and now I'm ready for it to be seen. Whether that's kind of the relationship with like art took like I love my own art, I love what I'm painting, <sighs> and when am I ready for it to be seen? Do I feel sturdy enough in my mm-hmm. parts and my acceptance of who I am and how I react and how much I cry? <laughs> And mm-hmm. the things that I'm interested in and the things that I'm not, am I am I brave enough to be like, no, actually I'm not interested in rugby. Let's do something else. Do that mm-hmm. with someone else. Not to say that you can never try new things and that it's like a rigid self-image, but it's yeah, there's something again, the vulnerability, the courage to be to bring something that's like, oh, is this a risk of being misunderstood? Or exactly. Yeah. Right which I think that people pleasing and perfectionism, they're just ways of protecting ourselves from being misunderstood, from being rejected, judged, and there is, uh, it's like only dealing with a couple color colors in the whole spectrum of colors to do your painting, right? It's like, yeah. I'm only going to do blue because it looks, it seems like these people like blue when mm-hmm. behind the scenes you're doing orange and yellow and to be able to show up and say like, no, I do orange and yellow too and have people not be like, <gasps> get out then, you know? And you're <sighs> like, okay, well, if that's how you feel, orange and yellow are really my passion and there's I have to trust (laughs) that not making myself small is going to bring in the other people that like reds and you know oranges and you know golds and all that kind of stuff and we're going to find each other um I also it's this extra funny because my favorite color was blue for a very long time it still kind of is but last year I had a yellow journal and I bought a yellow dress and a yellow shirt. And this year I bought an orange shirt and an orange bullet journal <laughs> and it's getting lighter and brighter and warmer. And I'm like, what if someone asks like, what happened to blue? I thought indigo was your favorite color. I'm like yeah. mm-hmm. I changed. I added more. I added more colors right. and like expanding on, yeah, the full range, the whole range. And there's this, the allowance of changing my mind. <laughs> Has been, oh, very, yes. has been, and yeah, in friendships as well. Like, oh yeah, but you used to be okay with this or you used to want this or you used to like this. It's like, actually, yeah, and I don't anymore or I changed or mm-hmm. I don't appreciate being spoken to that way or I don't, I don't really like jokes like this. And maybe you never have and now you feel safe enough to say it. And then mm-hmm. that also informs how to move forward with someone. Right. Yeah. Right. And again, it's just knowing yourself and trusting that 
these things are important enough for me to go to bat for myself with. And, um, you know, working with clients and helping them move through the people pleasing and perfectionism strategies that have been there for so long. We actually do a personal template and we, we come up with, you know, what are, what are the body signs and signals and cues for you that something works or something doesn't? Mm. What are the emotions that get you stuck and um, make you want to retract and do fight or flight or fall in? Um, what, you know, what happens when something is actually a yes and you get excited about it? Do you let the, that full expression out? How do you feel about anger? Other people having it, you having it. Uh, so finding out how you work and your particular way of being, you know, we all have it. You know, I chose these glasses because I like them for a certain reason. Somebody else might choose wireframes and have them be round or somebody might um, have their hair cut in a different way or uh, design their house with this particular style. So we're all doing it already. I, I did this <laughs> exercise with a client once where they were like, I don't know what I want. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, go to Home Goods. I don't know if y'all have Home Goods, but it's Something this different. affordable home store, right? And I was like, they have so many throw pillows. I just want you to look at the throw pillows and pick out four. I don't even want you to buy them. I just want you to pick out four and take a picture of them. Mm. I just want you to start to ask yourself what you would pick and what you would do and not what everybody else might think the throw pillows need to be, but what you, you know, selfishly would pick and just to start to get to know yourself. What is your template? Yes. I love that. And it reminds me of the, like the Conor Marie method, like Marie Kondo and the life-changing magic of tidying up, which is like, does it spark joy? Yeah. Which is, she she calls this like little, like it's in your body. And I'm like, yeah, that's an embodied yes. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. an embodied yes. And there's like, is it open? Does it feel contracted? What does a yes feel yes. like? Um, and cause I picked it up and I read the blurb and I put it back down back in 2017. I was like, oh, uh-huh. no this book is going to make me break up with my boyfriend <laughs> I can't read this right now <laughs> because it said it was like what you're actually doing what you're really doing is training your yes and no muscle is training yourself to choosing the things you like choosing the things that bring you joy and it sounds so small it's like really by choosing a pair of socks or like but it isn't it isn't that it is the muscle of choosing in direction of what you want in direction of joy in direction of what feels right which yeah, and all of your clients would probably choose different throw pillows. And yeah, it's like, oh, what does this say about you as a person? It sounds like a BuzzFeed quiz. Like, what are your right. throw, what are your throw pillows says about you? Like, do you go to right. the discount section first? Do you go to exclusive expensive ones because you think someone will treat you differently based on the, all the, oh, right. there's so much information in everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and because we're so visual, yeah, like you said, the glasses and the haircuts trying to signalize to each other who we are, yeah. who do we meet, yeah. who do we pick up signals yeah. from. Um, yeah. Ah, oh, I love humans. We're fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> we are. Oh, gosh. Not so dimensional. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I love the idea of the, the template. And I think that's something very tangible to like, to recognize, to start recognizing someone was 
talking about this when it comes to listening to your intuition. Like just mm-hmm. next time you're at a place and you're looking at the menu of what to eat, not look at the price first, not look at the, just like see if anything kind of stands out. See if anything like yes. feels more, more something. And it's, it's cause it's kind of untangible and it's, I don't know when someone asked me to describe my style or my <laughs> taste in music and I'm like, oh, it's a kid. but I know what I don't like <laughs> and I can very quickly, uh, yeah, almost sometimes more easily say what I don't like mm-hmm. it's like but I also like so many things and mm-hmm. now with moving That's I'm like place to start yeah <gasps> yeah what are the things I'm really really sure of which is the same in that book it's like you can probably think of some things that you would never throw away and I'm like, mm-hmm. or some things that you would fix if they were broken I'm like yeah yes I would uh-huh. <laughs> different different ways of what are your favorites what are your yeah yeah and if those align with someone else's in just a little bit, you know, it's like, oh, we can share this. But then there, like you were saying, there's also sometimes the other person's very different tastes. We're like, I've never done that thing before and you're doing it and you can introduce me to it. And because we feel safe with each other, I will explore it. Um and that just happened recently with a friend who came into town and we went axe throwing. Oh, right. <laughs> I, I was like, hey, do you want to axe throwing thing? Yes. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, do you want to try this? And they were kind of like, yeah, whatever. And I just kind of kept like talking about it throughout dinner. And they were like, okay, you want to do this, don't you? And I was like, I want us to do this together. Not as something that will be the thing that we do together, but I think it's just, an experience that we can have together. And so she was like, okay, I trust you. Let's go. And I was like, yes. And we laughed our butts off. Right. So it's the friendships we have, they, you know, they can expand Mm -hmm. what things inside of us are yeses that we don't even know because we wouldn't, you know, we wouldn't take ourselves to a particular restaurant to look at that menu. But if a friend takes us there, we're like, okay, I'm exploring something new and I can bring my template to this new thing Mm -hmm. with the safety of this friend and I can experience a new, uh, an expanding um, life experience for myself. And then I'll know whether that's a yes or a no later. I mean, it's just a, (sighs) friends, they just, they, they enrich us. They do. I love what you said with the safety of your friend. If you are trying something new or are going a new place, like seeing your friend on the first day of a new school and you're like, at least they're here. There's some kind of grounding. There's something that's like, at least this thing isn't brand new. It can help with the, you know, with the courage. There's a, Mm -hmm. I was reading a book of like the courage to be disliked. (laughs) Ha ha. People, placers. Yes. Gather around. Mm -hmm. And I kept reading the word encouragement and I was like, oh, encourage making someone feel more courage Courage. not not just cheering someone on i'm like encouraging Mm -hmm. someone having friends who encourage you who make you braver Mm -hmm. whether that's trying something new or owning what you know or there was an exercise we did um in a creative community that i was in where it was which is also very vulnerable and very intimidating which was calling up five friends five people who are close to you who love you and asking what comes with me when I come into a room <laughs> and then just be quiet 
and just not explain what it's for. It's like, hey, can I ask you a question? You have two minutes. And it's, it was so beautiful. People were crying. It was great. I wrote down everything down. And yeah, people around you who loves you, who see you, reminding you of who you are and what you're capable of. I was like, yeah. Wow. Not because we don't, unless there's like a speech at your wedding, often we don't tell each other all the beautiful things we think about each other. So I'm also practicing saying more things out loud to people in my life, people who I admire. Um, yeah, applauding people for doing something brave, even if it doesn't work out perfectly, but. Wow, my God, yes. Yeah. Whenever anyone's like, hey, I'm actually a little tired. I think I need to respect my my body. And I was like, oh my gosh, yes, I'm so proud of you for listening to you. <laughs> your body of course will hang out another time or like mm-hmm. what like what do you think my response would be it's like no force your way through your cold and walk your way over here because you promised we'll hang out it's like no you're my friend i want you to take care of yourself and i would feel safer telling you next time when i'm sick when you have shown me that that's okay between us there's constantly a a, a learning of yeah mm-hmm. what's okay with these within these relationships yeah so as we as we round up which i actually don't want to do but I, i'm going to go dancing on a boat <laughs> right. with a friend speaking of which <laughs> after this i'm gonna go to paris and dance on a boat so it's like there's a class ah. first and then there's like a dancing party after it's like 10 euros do you oh want to go and I'm like, i would love to go so that's where i'm headed speaking Good. of friends bringing you to new things um we talked about something in our like pre-chat thing of mm-hmm. turning the volume down on yeah. our kind of inner dialogue or the people pleasing perfectionism or inner critic, which I don't think there will come a time where I'm like completely detached from what other people think. Completely. Oh, right. Like it doesn't show up at all the tendency or the impulse to to people please or to go in with like perfectionism. Um yeah, for, for people who are like, okay, but where do I start? What do I do? Okay, I'm gonna start right. and find a template. I'm gonna go pick some throw pillows. Is there anything <laughs> else to, <laughs> to like take take with them out into the world when it comes to Yeah, well, turning the volume down on people pleasing and perfectionism is about turning towards yourself and allowing that people pleaser and perfectionism part to let you know like hey this is why i'm here Mm -hmm. right like we're not going to fight our defensive strategies we're not going to fight the things that we've developed early on to try to connect with people or present ourselves in a way that we won't get rejected or judged but we can help those parts of us relax and so i think that's the turning the volume down piece and we only get a chance to help them relax when we get to know what's going on with them, like treat them as parts of ourselves, right? And that's why I love internal family systems and parts of our personality, but treating them as little entities, like your little inner advisory council (laughs) that make decisions about your life and asking them like, hey, what are you concerned will happen Mm -hmm. if the volume gets turned down? You know, if, if, you relax back a little and you're not as forward and the, you know, you're not who I use to connect with other people. Um, if you're not as active in my friendships or relationships, what do you, what are you concerned will happen? And you'll get, 
kind of those, this is generalized, but you'll get that. I feel like no one's going to like us, or I feel like somebody's going to get mad at us. Or so you're talking about rejection and judgment and conflict. And so helping yourself move through the fears of those. Um, and that's where the inner work of a coach or a therapist or someone comes in, right? Because sometimes we can't really see what's going on unless we have somebody kind of help us shine a light inward. But getting to know what those parts fear will happen and helping work through those fears is how we turn the volume down and how we can start showing up in ways like you've been describing throughout our time together as very real and authentic and honest. Um, so it, it takes a little work, mm-hmm. but there's, you know, it's a possibility, right? I mean, we can relax back from some of the ways that we've been showing up in relationships and start to let those, um, our true parts, our true selves kind of show up and have opinions or have limits or things like that with people and, um, and work through the feeling of, oh my gosh, are they going to be upset about this? Maybe. And still, this is my truth. Yeah. And I think whenever there's a there's someone showing up with that and with their true self, their authentic self, opinions that they think might be judged and holding that and holding themselves in it, it also gives everyone else around permission to do the same. And it's like, oh, this is a safe space for opinions instead of it being, oh, this is a safe space for just this one opinion. Yes. Um, exactly. And I think that's, yeah, what I try to tell myself when there's, when someone feels strongly about something or sets a boundary that it demonstrates and it gives me, uh, I'm to use the word template again, but it gives me a, an example and something to kind of hold onto of like, oh yeah, no, it did actually feel good when my friend set that boundary with themselves or told me the truth about this thing or called me out on something mm-hmm. that wasn't okay or apologized mm-hmm. sincerely mm-hmm. or whatever it might be that, yeah, those are also parts of it. That perfectionism doesn't come into like, let's pretend we have this perfect, perfect friendship, but none of us are actually happy right. nor honest. And we just keep doing things that none of us like to do because none of us are telling the other that we don't really like them. I know. You know, so there's a... So it doesn't become yeah. this performative thing. Like yes. this is this is what it looks like, and this is kind of a, a red thread through most of my work and all of the things that I that I try to encourage, like with clothes, with anything, with hair, with relationships. Like, how does it feel? Does it feel better than it looks? Does it look better? Or does it feel better? <laughs> and there was, yeah. it was like, oh, this this friendship or this relationship looks really good doesn't feel right. very good these pants no. look great but i can't yes. sit down <laughs> i'm like <laughs> how does it feel how's it making you feel yeah right yes yeah, i like that yeah feel good over looking good uh, yes amazing where can people find you if they want to look you up and learn more about your work and yeah, yeah. pretty much everything is under power to the pleasers which is mm-hmm. my podcast and instagram and all that kind of stuff um because that's what i'm trying to do is help us 
feel more empowered and the encouragement and get to know ourselves so that we can show up and feel like um, it's okay for me to take up space. It's okay for me to be here with my yellow and red and orange (laughs) colors. Um, So power to the pleasers is, um, you know, website, podcast, Instagram, and um, I'll share with you. And if you want to put them in the show notes or anything, um, there's a little friendship design kit that I put together. There's also um, kind of a way to start looking at how to, tease out your authenticity i'll share that with with anybody that wants that too and um yeah just come hang out and if you're interested uh learn more yeah amazing i'm gonna i'm gonna download that myself (laughs) (laughs) perfect no thank you so much for coming on and for yeah i think these might not be conversations that are that I had. I don't remember learning this in school. I remember being no. kind and making friends and and then there's not maybe the nuance around and then what like at the other end of that in friendships within friendships um that there's focus on making friends and how to stay friends is not as right. Yeah. On, but it's I think it's an important conversation to have every time I talk about this with someone I'm like oh this feels so good. So thanks for yeah. coming on. And, yeah, thank you. And I don't remember if I asked for this before, but um, is there anything that makes you unreasonably happy apart from the birds oh. outside this morning and finding the new yeah. app with the, with the recognizing of the birds? What was the name yes. of this bird? Um, so there were two. One was, um, well, one that you'll always remember is the tufted titmouse. Oh, the tufted titmouse. <laughs> So stupid. I love it. People naming birds sometimes sound like they hate birds. <laughs> I'm gonna send right. you some <laughs> I'll send you some some memes, but yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, there's that. Um the bird feeder is is bringing me joy just because it's like maybe I'm getting really old and I'm gonna become a bird watcher or something. I don't know, but I'm just like nature, like need more nature, bring nature into my world. Um yes. Also, I have a friend of mine as well. It sneaks up on you, bird watching. <laughs> <laughs> also, my dogs. My dogs. Um, I don't know. Like sometimes it just hits me that there are other beings unto themselves that cannot talk and can't do much of anything on their own. But how much immense joy they bring to my life, and like when they decide to do something on their own, their own little brains, I can see their own little personalities. They go to the toy bin, they pick something out. I'm like, they chose that and they have favorite toys. Mm-hmm. And when they go get a drink of water, I'm like, they decided they were thirsty and they went and they did something about it. Like it just, it blows my mind. And that brings me happiness. I love it. I like curiosity and the little creatures. I also this past week I've been like we're just little animals just a little mammal I just I'm such a housey little like happy little house plant when I get sunshine <laughs> right you know? and, right yeah, yeah. Yes, I lift my head towards this <laughs> <laughs> drink it in yes yeah. yeah 
thank you again for coming on and we'll talk to you you. again soon thanks for listening and thank you so much next week